Hello, John Schuler. Hello, Brandon Gore. How are you doing today? I, <laughs> I am doing awesome. Thank you for asking. You're very welcome. Done like a million bucks. That is awesome. Yeah. What's new? Uh, nothing new. Well, I told you I started back at the shop. So cast a piece, processed, and today I am, I might even video some of it. I don't know. I'm going to go make some magic happen. I'm going to do the, the dusty version with the orbital buffer with the microfiber on my ceiling applications. So that's kind of where I'm at. Nice. But I'm excited. I haven't been back to the shop. You know, I, I always say I take the winners off. I focus on other things, meaning what, what we've been doing. That's what I've been focused on. And so I'm back to the shop making stuff. And yeah, it feels great. It feels great. We have talked about it. I'm going to put it out there. Thank you to everybody who's been calling me. I know, well, it seems like a lot of people excited to get a hold of the orbital sanding pads that we're working on. Thank you for giving me a call. I really appreciate it. And we did. I put in a small order. I do not know at this moment when they are going to be ready. So please be patient for a second. I will, I'm continuing to follow up with them. I'm probably looking for a test group of maybe eight or so people. And at the moment, six people are hammering me, <laughs> including a phone call today. So uh, we're working on it. We were, and, and I'm glad people are excited about it. So I just want to put that out. Nice, yeah, yeah, yeah. Test group, that's a good idea. I think the plan is we'll send them the pads free of charge. And in turn, we want them to give us their honest feedback of how they work. Correct, and that's kind of what I told them. I said, look, and, and I want to hear back. So I'm not to be a jerk, but I, I'm just trying to accept people that I know the moment you get them, you know, let's say within reason, immediate feedback so that we can get a larger order placed because these are being made for us. This is again, this is not something that's already out there. So, you know, to put any decent timeline, we need to get on board <laughs> again because of what's going on. Seems like uh, whatever, you know, LTL and logistics and, and boats sitting in oceans and gas prices and who knows how long it'll take us to get them. But anyway, that's where we're at. How about you, buddy? Dude, I sold my house. I heard that. And my shop. Sold the whole property. I'm sure, you know, other people have been through this, but it's a whole bunch of stuff that you have to go through with inspections and title and everything else. But that's what I've been doing. This last couple of weeks have been uh, nothing but working on the sale of the house. So and now I'm looking at the next place to go. So we'll see. Yeah. Yep. Going overseas? Possibly. Possibly. Australia, yeah. maybe. Australia might be cool. Yeah. I've, I have trouble getting into Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Don't I know that? <laughs> maybe it's changed. No. Maybe Australia's changed. Uh, I don't think so, though. Nope. Anything else? No. You know, I think we'll just jump right into it. We're not going to do an interview this week. We'll do an interview next week, but this week we'll just focus on um, a question received. I think it's going to be a pretty long discussion. We got a question to the website from a person using Super 6 AdMix from Fishstone. And I'll read you the question, and then we can hold just... Hold it, hold it, hold it. We're going down this rabbit hole again? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even... You didn't. Let's call it... How about... Let's do the French version. Phenomenal. 
Uh, how about we just call it what <laughs> it nobody, is? Right? Nobody gets upset. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no worries. What, what was the question? I haven't even seen it. Okay. The question is, and it was a long question. I'm going to essentially condense it a little bit. So first thing was, he's using Super 6 ad mix from Fishstone. He wants to know, A, how's it compare in cost? And I think he didn't specify, but the closest product we have would be Rad Mix. So I think we'll, we'll look at that. The second part of his question is, it's a three-part question, was he's been having a lot of problems with pinholes. He's talked to other people that use Super 6. They're having problems with pinholes. And every piece he's made, he's had to slurry. So okay. he wants to see how our product compares to that. And then the last part of it was he's had a hard time mixing it for different workabilities because the plasticizer is pre-added to a certain level. I don't know what, they, what the level is. But then you have to add additional plasticizer for different workabilities. So there is some amount preloaded. I don't know. But he's having trouble mixing. So, I, again, that's kind oh, of an arbitrary – well, it's an arbitrary, more or less a statement yeah. as far as the mixing goes. But we can definitely answer the part about cost and pinholes. Yeah, give me a second. You know what? I'll be honest with you. I don't know much about this product. You know, Phenomenal 6. I'm, I'm- <laughs> Dude, I want to come out with a product that has eight ingredients, so we call it the Hateful Eight. The Hateful Eight. All right. The Dirty Dozen. I'm going to jump on over there to the website. Well, I already, I already uh, did it. I already did oh, it. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, no, I, I – so – Do you want me to give is, you the, what is, the breakdown? What is the recommendations? Is this recommended like – I don't know. Does it have a Poslin on board? Is it a one-piece – and I'm just asking this because if we are going to do a comparison yeah. and you and I try to keep this, you know, let's say as straight as straight can be, we're not here to pick on anything. So anybody out there listening, if you're happy with phenomenal six, by all means. Um, but I guess what I'm saying, and I know, you know, this, you know, I, I would like to answer this as straight shooting as possible cost for cost, but also because I don't know what's in it. Um, you know, it does, it is, is there a, uh, you just said there's a plasticizer. Hang on. I just got to the website. Yeah, I can read uh, it to you. Uh, six ingredients. Go ahead. Yeah. So the six in Super Six, and this is all on the Fishstone website. Number one is a polymer, obviously dry polymer. Yeah. It says dose tip 5% effective, effective polymer load. It, there's, not, there's not a comma there. So hold on. It's a weird no. sentence. When dose tip 5% should be a comma. When dose tip 5%, effective polymer load is 2.5% solids, which to me, I read that as half of this product is a polymer. Yeah, it sounds like half is a dry polymer. Yeah. yeah. The second okay. ingredient is plasticizer. The third ingredient is a shrinkage reducer. The fourth ingredient is a defomer. The fifth ingredient, wetting agents. And the sixth ingredient, waterproofer. Those are the six. Hmm. Now, if, okay. you, if you scroll down, they have uh, recommended loading, and it's based on a 200-pound mix, essentially. 100 pounds federal white cement, 100 pounds silica sand. Hmm. And uh, so if we, if we cut that by, you know, f- essentially in, in, divide it by four, so it's a 50-pound mix. Sure. Then you're... So I'm going to say right off the bat, sorry to interrupt you. Eh, wait a minute. We just went through the six ingredients. Okay. Yeah, got it. Okay. Uh, no recommendation of any uh, pozzolan at all. That's interesting. So pozzolan is not in it, obviously, and no recommend- uh, recommendation of pozzolan. So... Uh, yeah. And I guess what I'm saying is, so that's the, even with this right now, that's going to be a tough comparison because, you know, Radmix has a uh, combination puzzlings on board. So anyway, so I just yeah. want to put that out. Well, it's so. not apples to apples by any stretch no. of imagination. <clears throat> imagination. No. I can't even talk. Do my allergies, Arkansas right now, 
is everything yep. is, oh my God. So <laughs> I'm dying over here, but I'll do my best. Okay. So where I was going with this is if you divide their recommended recipe, it calls mm-hmm. for five to six pounds of super six ad mix for a 200 pound mix. So divide that by four. Uh, sure. So we end up with a 50 pound mix. That gives you a 1.25 to one and a half pound amount of super six, which if you divide that by half, because half of it's polymer, you're getting 0.6 to three quarters of a pound of polymer in there in a 50 pound mix. And then that mm-hmm. leaves the other five ingredients at three quarters of a pound or 0.6 pounds. I just don't see how there's enough of any of these ingredients to really have that much of an effect on essentially a basic 50-50 mix. No, but I mean, I'll give credit uh, just for a second. And that credit would be, yeah, he's not, I mean, we dog on, I know I do. I'm not a fan of polymers and mixes. So in this case, he's not putting heavy polymer loads in. So again, I haven't even looked at the rest of it. The polymer load is is kind of based on our old school GFRC mix that was yeah. a pound and a half of liquid polymer. So it was a 50% solid. So about three quarters of a pound of polymer right. solids would, would go into the into the mix. And it's right on track with that. The problem with high polymer mixes, as we talked about, whether it's a dry polymer or wet polymer, is they entrain air. The more polymer you add to the mix, the, the worse you get. So yeah. And that's cement more, hydration and exactly. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But that being, yeah, so... All right, so you say you ran the numbers. Let's, yep. let's hear numbers, and All then right. we can. So, super six. This is based on a fifty-pound mix, mm-hmm. and we're we're calculating uh, cement at was it thirty-eight cents? Let me pull it back up. I'm just basing it off our numbers we used before. I do for remember, the, uh, yeah. 30, again, tin. that's based on white cement. Yeah, yeah thirty-eight white cement. Okay. Yeah. So we did a comparison. I don't know, ten podcasts back with Tech Ten mm-hmm. from Trinic. And the numbers we used for that for the raw materials was thirty-eight cents for white Portland, and twelve cents per pound yeah, for, for sand. silica sand. Okay, yeah. so twenty-five pounds of white Portland, twenty-five pounds of silica sand, a pound and a half of Super Six. You come in right at thirty-one dollars for Super Six yeah. for a fifty-pound mix. Yeah, I'm right okay. there with you. I just All ran right. it. Mm-hmm. So thirty-one dollars, rad mix. For fifty-pound mix, it's thirty-three dollars. Okay, so rad mix yeah. would be the closest quote-unquote comparison. Although rad mix is completely different, but the closest quote-unquote yeah, so comparison, two-dollar difference. Yeah. Two-dollar difference per fifty pounds, and then the next jump up would be maker mix pre-blended. So a fifty-pound bag is forty dollars. Okay, so mm, off a pallet, right? Exactly. Forty bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if we look at that just based on a five-square-foot coverage. Super six is six dollars and twenty cents a pound. Or I'm sorry, six dollars and twenty cents a square foot. Rad mix is six dollars and sixty cents a square foot, and maker mix is eight dollars a square foot. Now, if we're again just looking at rad mix versus super six, you're talking about a forty cents per. Well, I'm getting less than that. I, I'm seeing what twelve cents. Am I not calculating that right? I don't think so. Thirty-three divided by five is six sixty, and then thirty-one divided right. by five is six twenty. Right, so that's a forty cent difference. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, my bad. I'm bad. Okay. What are you trying to say? No, I'm being stupid. I took the forty and divided it by five. But you're right. Forty cents. My bad. Yeah. So it's a six percent more increase, which is nothing. Uh, And then Maker Mix is eight bucks. So it's uh, from Super Six up. It's uh, what is that? Eighty dollar eighty dollar eighty. Yeah. A square foot. Now, what we didn't talk about is labor. And we, we have a graph, if you go to Kodiak 
Pros discussion group on Facebook. You can find that graph we have, and I'll post it in, I'll probably post it in the description of this as far as just breakdown of labor cost. But if we looked at labor cost on this, just from the batching viewpoint of getting your cement, getting your sand, your Super 6, cutting it all open, batching it out, versus the maker mix, which you just cut open and dump into a bucket, that $1.80 a square foot, 10 square feet, right? It's 18 bucks more. Yeah, that, I have a tough, uh, that's hard to pencil out. That's honestly. what I'm saying. 18 yeah. bucks for <laughs> that amount. And, and we've talked to people yeah. that have honestly kept, kept track of numbers. So they had to go get cement, they had to go get sand, they had to come back to the shop, cut it open, get their bucket set up, do the whole thing, do it you know, five, six different times, whatever, how many batches they need. It takes them two hours. I, I think, was it Simon Tipple or Sam Wilkins? Who, yeah. who did it? It was four hours? No, that was, Sam, yeah, I, that was actually Simon calling me because he's switching to Maker Mix. I'm sure he's still going to bring in some Rad Mix because he does quite a bit of the heavy grind terrazzo kind of stuff. And we've talked about this a hundred times. In my opinion, you know, Rad Mix is the best for that because, you know, it is what it is. You, if you have to put heavy glass or some kind of heavy aggregates to create your terrazzo look, totally understand. But yeah, he, him and his, his wife was working with him. I know this is another podcast. I think it was maybe last week, but anyway, yeah, by the time he really put the, started his timer and they got it done, that was four hours, you know, four hours to batch their materials. So yeah, I don't know, man, at a, you know, <laughs> difference of a buck 80 a square foot. I don't care what size the kitchen is or how many projects, uh, even at, you know, a hundred bucks. Yeah, that's that's a tough one to see that your labor was only worth that. Let's yeah. say, you know, four hours. I think a lot of guys are like, oh, I can do it in two hours. Well, you probably can if your materials are close by and it doesn't take you long to run in and get a couple bags and throw them on a, on a cart and drag it to your truck and throw it in your truck and drive back to your shop and unload it. Mm-hmm. Let's say two hours. Right. And let's say you're one of these people that for whatever reason, you only value your time as a business owner at 20 bucks an hour. You don't take into account the cost of your shop, the cost of utilities, the cost of insurance, the cost of cost of goods sold, the cost of employees, all that kind of stuff. You don't take that into account. You're just like, oh, 20 bucks an hour because that's what I pay my helper. That's what my time is worth. Well, it's not. But let's say it is. That's 40 bucks you spent, right? So let's add, that, let's add that 40 bucks to the uh, 10 square foot project. Let's say it's a sink. That's $4 a square foot more that you just added to the cost. So we went from right. 620 a square foot to 1020 a square foot where Maker Mix is eight bucks a square foot. So right there, you you are more expensive. And then right. you lost two hours that you didn't have with Maker Mix. So with the Maker Mix, you could do something else, work on the next project, go uh, go to the lake with your kids, you know, right. have dinner with your wife. There's all these things you missed opportunity, lost opportunity spent when you're batching stuff. I think we talked about it the last podcast was nobody's going to be on their deathbed and be like, man, I'm glad I spent all those years in my shop hanging buckets on scales and you know, measuring sand and cement, it's just not going to happen. So that's, that's that realistically people's costs should be valued at a hundred to 200 bucks an hour as a business owner. So if you're, even if you're a one man company, you should be valuing your time. And here's a lot of reasons why at a minimum of a hundred dollars an hour, let's do that. Two hours, 200 bucks. So divided by 10, that's 20 bucks plus 620. So $26.20 is what you spent to batch it yourself to save money versus right. $8, right? Yeah, this, you know, I hate to say this, man. I know this, maybe this is a ridiculous conversation. So we're not comparing apples to apples. I'm still on the website here. There's no Poslin on board. 
So for what we're trying to compare in the difference of 40 cents a square foot is like, but, but again, whatever, if someone likes it, a very, very basic mixed design, super basic, you know, versus something on a totally different scale. I don't know, man. Yeah. Well, hold <laughs> this, on. There's a second a part. Absurd. There's a second part. All right. And again, excuse me for having these allergies, but the second part of his question was he and other people he's talked to has pinholes and he has to slurry every piece. Yeah. That's a whole other labor thing. Yeah. yeah. Essentially, he's he's got other friends that use Super 6 and everybody that he talks to, they have to slurry their pieces because of, of pinholes. So mm. what does it take to slurry a piece? Well, honestly, it's going to take you probably an hour or so to mix up the slurry and apply it. But it's going to take another two, three hours when it's all said and done to remove that slurry the next day. Plus, you have to let set another day to let the slurry, slurry harden up. So that takes you a day of your timeline goes away. So what's the cost of that day? And then it's going to take you two or three hours to strip that slurry off, acid the piece, water polish the piece, whatever you got to do, and get it back to zero. And then you got to let set another day if you used any water right. before you can seal, right? Before you can seal, yeah. So you lost two days and you have an extra four hours of labor into it. Again... Stepping over dollars to pick up dimes. You're trying to save money by using yeah. a quote-unquote cheap ad mix, but at the end of the day, it costs you five to ten times more in cost than just using a high-quality product. Now, the last part of this, uh, he has a hard time mixing because of the, the preloaded plasticizer and adding additional plasticizer. Now, I can't speak to that as far as comparison because hey, I've never used Super mm -hmm. 6. I don't know. But what I can say is the person that sent this question, do me a favor Talk to people that are using Rad Mix or Maker Mix with TVP and ask them, you know, don't take our word for it. Just ask around, how hard is it to mix? Because when we do the classes, we had this uh, open studio day. The people who came to that, you know, when we add TVP in, we have this super low water to cement ratio mix in 30 seconds. It's yeah, like, it's, not quick. it's yeah. like a milkshake in 30 seconds. Super easy. Yeah. Yeah. With a single blade, not a double blade mixer, single blade mixer, hand mixing 30 seconds done like yeah. beautiful so again i've never used super six i don't i'm not exactly certain what the comparison is as far as you know how how hard it is to mix like that's a very subjective yeah. question slash statement so again but what i can say is me personally as somebody that's mixed a lot of chief rc mixes over the years basic 50 50 mixes similar to this to mm -hmm. the buddy roads mixes the ultra sales mixes Maker Mix or Rad Mix, and I mainly use Maker Mix, but Maker Mix with TVP is a dream to mix in comparison to all the other mixes I ever used before as far as how fast it wets out and how nice of a mix it is. Well, I'm still going to backtrack here is looking at the cost. And again, I, I'm just letting everybody know this is the first time I'm looking at the website as to what information is associated with this particular product. But so the moment you bring in a Poslin into that cost formula we were just talking about, you know, that turns around and actually raises the cost up over a rad mix. And up over a maker mix because it, yeah, so like it, a fume I mean, right now is what a, a buck fifty in uh, bulk yeah, buck, if you're buying a super sack yeah, like two thirty five to a buck fifty, yeah. Plus freight. In this case, I'm willing to say now, because while you were talking, I ran these numbers, I put the puzzle in you know, yada, 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 yada. So if we were just talking about cost, nothing else, cost, I'm being completely subjective as I possibly can. I'm going to say 
for me, it makes no sense. It, it does not make any sense to me. Um, because if, if solely someone was doing this based on a cost point of view, not a performance point of view, just a cost point of view, like, <laughs> then I, I would just say like a lot of us running your business have not really sat down and ran the numbers. Cause if you did, it, it's, it's tough to pencil that out and make it sound effective. Yeah. Well, Go to the next level about the pinhole. Sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead. But if, if that was a first precursor to wanting to upgrade your mix and upgrade your business, well, that one I understand. You know, let's say, you know, cost being no object, we could, that that was your number one concern because your labor was going, you know, what, up the roof or you're just tired of doing it or it's upsetting your looks or whatever the case may be. Well, that in of itself would be a great reason to, you know, upgrade your mix and upgrade your business and move another direction. But yeah. I, like I said, but then I, then I try to put all the apples together and I go, well, wait a minute. If you're already paying the high end of a material cost and having that kind of increased labor to go with it, meaning batching labor, processing labor, pinhole slurring labor, and for whatever reason, and we don't know, uh, did he say what kind of mixer he's using or why? No, I assume hand no. mix, but okay. Yeah. So yeah, so putting all those things together, I, I don't know. Uh, kudos to whoever who may be still happy using that particular material. Yeah. Well, that's, we did an interview with Simon Tipple, and he talked about for him just the elimination of the pinholes was such a game changer for. Yeah. his business and profitability and time because he was spending so much time. I'm not, you're, I, I don't recall. My memory is horrible. The product he was using, maybe we didn't even name the product he was using. I don't know. Yeah. I think it was, it was a combination of the two that we have discussed. Okay. Yes. Either one and the other, I mean, at different time periods, but I, I definitely know one uh, had a 10 after it. Gotcha. So whatever. Uh, but the point is the elimination of pinholes just that one factor, that time savings alone pushes you over the finish line for cost savings, time savings, and quality. So the other thing I want to say real quick, and I didn't address this up front, I wish I would have, is Tom and Carrie Fisher, nicest people in the world. I love them. No question. I've yes. known them for years and years. I see them at trade shows. They're always very hospitable and nice, and I like them as people. Great. And Fishstone's a great company. I've bought pads from Tom over the years. I send people mm -hmm. to Tom. People, hey, where do I get this? Call Tom Fisher at Fishstone. To be honest with you, I, I you know I knew about Super 6 many, many years ago. Tom sent me some to test. It didn't, and this is way back in the day, it didn't work for me based on the kind of mix I was, I was doing back then. And I didn't really look at it much since then. And I wasn't even aware that that many people were using Super 6 because I'd never really hear about it. So when I got this question... I was a little bit surprised that, uh, that I, I guess I just, it, it's been so far off my radar for so long. I didn't even know it was still out there, honestly. So anyways, for the people using Super 6, there's, there's answer to the question that we received. The second, Well, that, and so, hey, I'm going to go back to Simon for a moment. Yeah. And this is, we got to get him back on a, so people don't think like, oh, they're just using Simon. Um, no, one of the things he, he was completely pumped about and I don't know if he's exaggerating his numbers at all, but he was telling me on the project that he was, he was estimating in the next three weeks, 
he was looking at a time savings, meaning his labor, of about a week's worth of work, which is either one, fill in more of his calendar for more work, or time spent doing other things outside of the shop that's not associated with you know, processing and slurring and et cetera. And this is all the way to his deep grind terrazzo finishes. Didn't Simon Tipple state under oath that Brandon Gore looks just like Brad Pitt? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> was that Simon Tipple or Sam Wilkins? I, I don't know. Sam. I think it was Simon. I could be wrong. But sure, that know. wasn't Simone <laughs> Topol. <laughs> but yeah, so there's that. So the other thing that I was a little bit surprised about with the Fishstone uh, Super 6 listing when I went to the website, because again, it's been off my radar. I, I hadn't heard anything about Super 6 in years and years. I didn't even know it was really a thing still. But uh, I went to the website, and it says that it's a admixture for high-performance glass fiber reinforced concrete, engineered concrete composition, ECC, in ultra-high-performance concrete, UHPC, also known as reactive powder concrete, RPC. Now, mm. marketing. I get marketing, you know. I get marketing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People want to sell product. Yeah. But, but, as somebody's done this for a long time, there's zero way a product that has no posolins in it that's essentially just 50% powdered polymer and then a couple other small yeah. amounts of ingredients is going to take a 50-50 cement to sand mix and turn it into a UHPC. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, or an ECC for that matter. Uh, agreed. Yeah, yeah. That, see, that, that, I'll be honest with you too. I mean, it, it, that that's a tough one for me. Yeah. That's a tough one. And you and I have been pretty staunch along this. I'm even trying to be as, <laughs> as, as absolutely nice as possible. So Let's say an architectural, and I know this is all about strength numbers, just strength. So even an architectural ultra high performance concrete, minimum PSI of 17,000 to let's say effectively be in that category, that's unattainable with this, to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not trying to be a jerk about it, but if you're just cement and sand, water, again, people heard me say this a million times, I'm sure that that will get hard. I'm sure a cup or plate is not going to fall through it. I completely understand that. Uh, but, you know, but putting out the information that is any way lets an end user think they're achieving a cer certain performance criteria, that's something I don't really, I don't understand that because the language could be different. Just say, hey, man, it's super six. Uh, take it to the next level, uh, uh, reactive powder concrete. I mean, that's, that's a whole nother level. I mean, that puts you up somewhere around 25, 26,000 PSI, you know, in a regular UHPC, you know, depending on again, who you're talking to and what guideline you're going, but you're still talking 19 to 22. Uh, I guess I could call, I'm okay with this, the GFRC. I mean, yeah, what I was going to say is my old mixes <laughs> from the Forton days and the Buddy Rhodes days were seven to nine thousand psi in yeah, that range that's pretty common yeah yeah and i think that's realistic you know, but that's that's about one third the amount you need for uhpc for, for my my opinion correct. just looking at it it seems like a marketing strategy to make it seem it like it's comparable uh, to, no to other products and uh, agreed but it's it is definitely uh, confusing well to, I'm, uh, yeah and I'll, just to keep picking for a second ecc 
and, and I, again, I know, I know these acronyms are put out there. Maybe it helps him sell the materials, you know, kudos to him. Um, but going by the mix designs pulled right off the, the recommendation is 0.31 pounds of PVA fiber per a given batch. No, uh, first of all, engineered composite is a minimum loading of 2% by volume. So even if we consider it 1% by weight, which that's a whole different discussion I don't want to get into with you know specific gravities and et cetera, et cetera, there's, there's no way 0.31 pounds in a whatever, 100, a, a cubic foot mix is anywhere going to be near an engineered composite, you know, tensile percentage strength capability. Yeah. That's, I don't know. I, I, I guess this brings up the whole, I'm, I'm sure anybody hearing my voice, hears a little bit of frustration and I'm not trying to be frustrated to say, Ooh, you know, so-and-so is lying. That's not what I'm saying. I, I totally understand marketing and I get it. And I'm willing to say that, you know, there probably are people out there probably like myself who have, you know, worked hard to design materials to fit these kind of things, meaning these acronyms that are thrown out there. Well, meet the, meet the criteria. Yeah. Meet the criteria. You and I know why we went this direction. I wanted, you know, color saturation. We wanted ease of mixing. I mean, a lot of these kind of things. So we weren't and never have been willy nilly about trying to throw out acronyms to simply sell a product. The whole uh, low recommendation for fibers reminds me of something that happened at a Buddy Rhodes workshop I did many years ago. This is probably 15 years ago in San Francisco. I did a class there. And this was when GFRC was extremely new. I was the only person in the world teaching how to do GFRC for countertops and whatnot. But uh, a guy named Nick Rulamkos, and I love Nick. His company is called It's Concrete. He's in California. Nick's a super nice guy. But Nick used to help out in those classes. And so Nick came to the class and he's helping. We're making a sink. And he tells the attendees, uh, you can cut your fiber load in half, AR glass fiber. It's fine. It's fine. Mm -hmm. I was like, Nick, and I'd say this in front of the class. I say, you know, what you do in your own shop, that's fine. Do what you want. But, you know, we should stick to what, what we know to be true. And that was based on data that was developed over time by Hiram Ball and his partners back in the day. Uh, on what the appropriate fiber load is. But Nick was adamant. He's like, I'm telling you, I've done, you know, I don't know, a lot of projects and I cut it in half. I'm like, okay, fine. So we cut it in half on this one piece. Now we did other pieces, but this one sink, we cut it in half. And uh, so the class, you know, it's the last day of the class. We flipped the sink over, we processed it. We, you know, used, uh, I think Buddy Rhodes had like an acrylic sealer that we, we applied. We're sitting around having pizza and the sink is sitting on sawhorses and somebody said to Nick, like, do you think that's strong enough to stand on? And Nick's like, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I can stand on it. <laughs> and he climbs up on the sink, stands on it, snaps in half, right? Boom, yeah. broken half. And I said, there you go. There you go. This is what I'm talking about. It, you know, if, I always say if you play stupid games and win stupid prizes, if you do stuff like that, you cut fiber load, doesn't matter if it's PVA or air glass, for whatever reason, to save money, to make mixing easier, whatever it is, you're stepping over dollars to pick up dimes. You're not saving anything. You're just increasing your risk exponentially. So do the correct fiber load, no matter what that is, PVA, glass, acrylic, basalt, 
whatever fiber you use, use the correct amount. Don't try to save money by just sprinkling in a little bit and calling it good. I agree with you hundred percent. If anything, you know, I, I look at making adjustments to increase fiber loading to a certain thing. Like again, and you know, if we talk about ECC engineered composite concrete, you know, con- conventional wisdom, 2% by volume, which plus or minus equates to 1% by weight. So how do you achieve that? How do you achieve not just the fiber loading, but the ability or the fiber configuration to support a true ECC? You know, it's again, it's, it's not going to happen at 100 grams per 50 pounds. It's really going to happen somewhere around, you know, 200, 250 grams you know, per 50 pound. And that's the same with the glass fiber recommendations that we're talking about. You know, I think most people know two, 3%. And then the ability to use whichever a person decides is really dependent on ultimately, you know, how much strength you truly need. So we have fallen back. Our recommendation is 2%. Yeah. Here, I was going to throw a question out there. Now this isn't a comparison question. But I did have a question recently from one of the companies that are they're actually using Radmix and everything. They weren't having problems, but they're looking to push the boundaries a little bit. And they're using a PVA fiber loadings, a uh, combination of hundreds, which again, I'm going to put out there. I don't know how long PVA 100s are still going to be around, 15s. Anyway, he shot me the mix design and a few things that were that set me back was he's using 5.9 pounds of water. I'm just going to let people know six, 6.1, even 6.2 in water, you know, 5.9. When you start the conventional wisdom out there is about loading enough plasticizer back water down, 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 down. I understand that when you're talking again, these basic 50, 50 kind of mix, like, just because we're still talking about it. I think even Fishstone was recommending right 30%, 31% water, yeah. which would be, you know, even higher at six, almost seven pounds of water where we're at six. In all the testing I've done over the years, just be aware there's a point uh, you know, where bang versus buck, where you can take the water down and it actually weakens the concrete. It doesn't strengthen it. So our recommendations at the six pounds, 6.1, you know, that area we're extremely staunch on because that is, as I called up and explained to them, that is kind of, I'm going to call it the, the magic moment where there's enough flow, enough water to satisfy all the absorption ratio and just enough consolidation that forces the air to boil out of the mix. And he had every reason to keep trying to talk me into, well, John, you know, we want to go 5.9, you know, and this is the fiber ratio we want to use. And as long as we're on the fiber thing. So I just heard back from him today and I just told him, look, you know, kind of like what we did with Sam, just do what we say, do this and then call back. And it was funny while I was sitting here, I just got the text back with him and going, oh yeah, what uh, water made a huge difference, John. And with that, we were actually able to increase the fiber loading that you were talking about that strengthens the overall mix to begin with. I mean, from, yeah. from here on out. So, yeah. 
Yeah, just follow yeah. follow the directions we have. Follow the directions. Yeah. Don't be a trailblazer. You know, I think again, I don't want to keep picking on Sam Wilkins, but I feel like in his podcast he said like he likes to push the limits. He likes to lower the water or increase the water or lower the plastics or whatever to find the breaking point. Don't do yeah. that. Don't don't intentionally try to find the breaking point. John and I have been working on getting this insanely dialed. Believe us, we're not. Yeah. It does us no good to give you bad information. We're giving you the information to make the best mix possible. So just do it and yep. make the best mix possible. Don't make your life hard for no good reason. And don't waste money making mix that sucks because you're trying to back water down or take water up or whatever whatever it is. Just right. do the mix as it's written and you'll have great results. Yeah, because the although, you know, in this case, trying to lower the water, which I understand why, let's say, what why they thought they were doing it. Well, I did the same thing. But their thought was... By taking the water down even more would help, you know, increase strength and maybe, you know, prevent cracking or, or prevent shrinkage or whatever the case may be. But the reality is you take that water too low and you actually cause those very same things because there's not enough water to satisfy the actual hydration that's necessary. Yeah, so effectively you water starve it. Yeah. yeah. So um, that, well, I was going to say, John is back in the day when you were with Buddy Rhodes products, smooth on. So this mm-hmm. was a smooth on days, uh, early on when they first acquired Buddy Rhodes before you, before you were no longer uh, part of the smooth on side. But in the early days, I was having problems with the mix. So when, when Delta performance sold to smooth on smooth on started manufacturing a mix at their location, I was having problems, right? And I talked mm-hmm. to you, and I was casting all these chairs. I, I cast uh, a concrete chair. I was casting all these chairs. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And so I was having problems. I was talking to you, trying to problem solve. But in my own mind, I came to the conclusion, I need to lower my water, increase my plasticizer. And yeah. I was having horrible cracking of my pieces. I demolded a chair. It had cracks running all through it. I was like, what is going on? Because in theory, I should be making stronger concrete. Right. But when I talked to you about it, after I you know, did a couple chairs that were all cracked when I removed them, you're like, dude, you're, you're starving the mix. You're, those, right. By not having the proper amount of water, it's actually cracking because there's not enough water to hydrate the mix properly. And this, these are creating your problems. So I went down that road, you know, this is, I don't know how many years ago now, four years ago, five years ago, whenever Smooth On bought it. But I went down that road and I learned my lesson then. Yeah, there's a tippy point, but see, there's a tough thing. I see, I'm, I'm, you know, as I just got done picking on some of the advertising with the, all the acronyms for this particular admixture, there's so much information that can lead people down the rabbit hole. So you can pull up stuff out there that'll be like, hey, 16% water, 18% water, meaning, you know, 0.16, 0.18 water cement ratios, et cetera, et cetera. And that can like, oh, well, geez, that's, that's what I should be trying to achieve. And then you find out if you ever send these things in for testing, because I have, and I've fallen in that rabbit hole early on myself too, is like, well, wait a minute. How do I, how did I go from 22,000 PSI to 14? Yeah. I thought it was supposed to get stronger. You know, what happened? Um, And then on the flip side, if you did any absorption testing or anything with them like that, like, wait a minute. And that 14,000 PSI was like a big old sponge. Where the other one, like, you know, from an industry standpoint, was considered repellent concrete. I mean, these are the things that, again, on paper, if you hadn't sent stuff in, and I know a lot of people don't do it. They're not sending them in for testing. So it seems like you're running down a, the proper path. But in this case, no. So, 
yeah, so kudos. He, he brought the water in as suggested. Um, his fiber load, which means ultimately, I'm not going to talk. I mean, I, I think it's actually a, he didn't give me an NDA, but it, it's something that they're making that they're um, really moving forward with. So that's going to help them with their strength, their look, uh, forcing the mix as it should release air properly and get the, the kind of consolidation they should be achieving. Awesome that uh, he got this great tech support from you, John, because again, I was talking to a buddy of mine that uh, was buying from another, another company and um, can't get any tech support. Every, I guess they let everybody go in that department and he was having problems and it's actually, I'm looking at land in, in the Pacific Northwest and my buddy lives up there. So I was talking to him last night about property where he is. And I was asking him, like, why aren't you using Kodiak? I mean, we're buddies. Like, why are you still using this product? He's like, ah, oh, you know, I'm just used to it. And I can buy a small little amount, which by the way, guys, you can buy a small amount of Kodiak Pro through uh, Joe Bates, SC Fabrication. Right. He didn't know that. He doesn't listen to the podcast. Again, mm. knife to the heart. We're buddies. He doesn't even listen to the podcast. But anyways, I was talking to him and, and uh, but he said he's, he's going to make the switch because he's been having problems and he called up there and couldn't get anybody to answer his questions. Nobody knew anything because they'd laid everybody off from that department. They moved them to other areas or fired them or I don't know, but they're gone. So it's great that you, John, more than me, because uh, you're the, the tech support person, but you do get back to people right away and help them sort out whatever problems they're having and get them on, on track. So yeah, it's awesome. That's because I'm awesome. Well, we got to wrap this thing up here. So let me hit the... Uh, the I, got, I got one more uh, just because we're hitting. Hang on. This is actually on the ICT website. So disclaimers. Anybody want to talk about disclaimers, not just for concrete countertops in general. And this is not a sealer issue or a concrete issue, but this is one that just came up where someone set a uh, wood bowl on a countertop, left it there. It was actually for a fruit bowl. And the tannins, when they picked it up later, the tannins that leached from the wood itself. In fact, didn't we just talk about this in the last podcast, right? Or maybe you called me about why some wood had bleached out on some or vice versa. What was on a podcast where somebody had sent me a text. Essentially, they had done a planter or something, a white concrete maker mix planter, and they put it on redwood strips, wood strips in the redwood. Yeah transferred color to the concrete and redwood itself looked like it had like burned it turned black and so he was asking me like hey what's what's going on here you know is there a chemical reaction and yes there is a chemical reaction uh so never ever ever put wood in direct contact with concrete whether it's the underside the side the top whatever because yeah anyways go ahead right well so in this one that's what it was is a wood bowl you know, uh, left some tannin marks, which is incredibly superficial. It'll clean up very, very easily, but I'm just letting people once again, you know, there are certain items and this is not, again, this could have been on a stone top. It doesn't matter, you know, wood bowls, which most likely had, and you know, an oil based, um, penetrating or something color enhancement. That's kind of the big, you know, oils and stuff for sealing wood. You know, that's a, that's a no, no on surfaces, if you want something that's not going to leave any version of any marks, you know, glass, pottery, things like that would be, be good options. But that just happened to be, I thought I'd put that out there because that was a question going on right now on the ICT reactive page. Um, and, and the reason I'm bringing it up because there was an individual was like, hey, you know, is this a sealer issue? Because I'm missing something. Shouldn't you be able to put a bowl on a countertop? <laughs> like, 
yeah, man, <laughs> that, that this is not a sealer issue or a concrete countertop issue. This is actually a materials issue. You know, wood, specifically, you know, oil sealed or maybe even water based. I don't care. But the fruit in the bowl, the moisture, you know, any tannin transfer, that's going to happen. It could happen with uh, natural leathers. You know, any of this kind of stuff that's left on surfaces for a long period of time can can transfer tannins. Easy yeah. to clean, a little bit of bleach or a little, you know, Clorox multi-purpose cleaner. But so anybody listening, you know, that would be another one to, you know, I'm sure this is a live and learn experience for the clients, but that would be a material that, yeah, don't, don't leave those on the surfaces. Not a good idea. Yeah. Just put, put a coaster under it, you know, put a little something under it. Then it's, then it's a no brainer. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter what the material is that's left on a countertop. I tell them to put felt pads on the bottom of anything, your blender, a bowl, whatever it is, cutting boards, anything you're going to put on a countertop and just leave it, put felt pads, not the rubber, not the rubber bumpers, those black rubber bumpers. I think Joe Bates Mm -hmm. uh, had somebody have problems because that black rubber, that rubber itself has oils in it and that can leach into the concrete over time, you know, or stain the surface. Uh, but felt pads, felt or, or cork, I've used cork too, and it's been okay. But felt specifically, they're cheap. You get them at Lowe's, Home Depot, Ace, Walmart, wherever. Yeah, you're going to get with the ones that you can just cut to size too or cut to shape. I just get the little thing, the pack of like 100 of them. They're round. You just stick them on. Yeah. But uh, yep. problem solved. Like, again, it's easy. It's easy if you don't let it become a big deal. But, uh, you know, back to what I was saying is when you flip over a piece of concrete, Put it on foam strips. That's the thing as I said to the guy that sent me that text. I said, put it on foam strips. And he's like, well, I would have preferred to. And I said, dude, there's no prefer. There either is or there isn't. Like either you put it on foam or you don't put it on foam. There is no preference, right? So (laughs) this is why you're better at tech support than me, John, because I'm just like, (laughs) (laughs) but. uh, No, because that would have happened regardless. You probably said this, but it it wouldn't matter if it was a. An MDF. Well, that was what I've done. I've done rip strips. I mean, yeah, yeah. Any of that is has that potential. There's no question about it. Yeah. So I I flip pieces over on MDF because I just had strips sitting around because I'm cutting MDF in my shop. I'm like, oh, I just got these strips over here. I'll just put them on a table and flip the countertop over. But it soaks up into the bottom of the concrete. It can soak up the edge slightly because the concrete's wet. Gets the MDF wet, and uh, and same thing with wood. So. Guys, just use foam and gals. Just use foam. Cut foam strips, flip yeah. it over into the foam. Problem solved. Don't make your life harder than it needs to be. It's not difficult if you don't make it right. difficult. Don't make it difficult. It doesn't have to be difficult. I like that. Well, we're we're the reasons, us, the craftsmen, we're the reasons we have problems. You know, it's not a material <laughs> issue. It's a no. We're just cutting corners. We're in a hurry. I've done it. You've done it. We've all done it. And those are the things that will bite you is when you do stuff like that, mm-hmm. you flip it over. Now, luckily, this person that sent me that text, it, it wasn't for a client piece. It was just a, a test piece they'd done for a design. So he's like, it doesn't even matter. This wasn't for a customer. I just wondered why it happened. Well, and that's, again, a, a whole thing, as we talked about before, about getting in our own way, where we started this first podcast. So the person who asked the question about that, mater- that particular product, I hate, I mean, what made you lean that? What was your reason for using it to begin with? What, you know, whatever that reason was or, or combination of reasons, whatever they were. But in this case, if it, as we just said, if it had any to do with the cost, well, <laughs> get out of your own way. If it had any to do with labor, ooh, get out of your own way. <laughs> if it had anything to do with 
at least what you think you're achieving based on the marketing strategy given to you, uh, get out of your way. If I put myself in their shoes, people out there, and I look at a website yeah. and it says it's a UHPC, it's an ECC, you only add a pound and a half per 50 pounds, it seems like it's low cost, you'd be like, oh, hell yeah, hell yeah. That's what I need right there. Yeah, yeah. You know, you don't, you don't know what you don't know until you know, you know, and so the problem is, you go down, you're led a certain way. You're like, oh, this is the same thing. It's, you know, and it's not. But sooner or later, you'll figure it out. But by then, you've done, you know, who knows how much work that you spent way more time on than you needed to. And <laughs> Or you could send us the question well. <laughs> and allow us to upset everybody. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. That's funny. The other thing, you know, so you're asking, like, why, why did they go that route to begin with? There's another product out there that I... Dude, I haven't heard anything about this product since I started my company in 2004, essentially. There's a company that makes uh, plastic edges for cast-in-place countertops. Z-Form, I want to say is what mm. it's called. Z, okay. I don't know. I, I think Buddy Rhodes was a early investor or something. I remember Buddy, like when I, when I was doing you know, concrete in 2004, 2005, I think Buddy used to sell the product. But you essentially screw this plastic edge to your cabinets, cast your concrete, and then when it's done, you snap it off. And it was this edge thing. It's for like cast in place. But, but apparently they have a bagged mix, which I had, I had zero idea that they had a bagged mix. And apparently, based on the feedback I've gotten from a lot of people lately, a lot of people use it, which I'm like, what? How did you even find this mix? Like, you know, this is all I do every day of my life for 20 years. I've heard nothing about this mix. But somehow, I don't know where, like maybe they advertise. I don't know. I guess I don't see the advertisement. Again, it could be something they put out enough to be, you know, locally available. And, you know, again, that's a whole different conversation, you know, cost, performance, you know, yada, 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 yada. So you're saying because it's locally available to them, it's like the path of least, least resistance where like, oh, I can just pick this up locally. That's why I used it? I think so. I, I mean, again, this, I'm going right now I'm probably speaking out my backside. So I apologize to anybody who's like, uh, uh um, my guess would be it's probably more of a DIYer kind of product. Yeah. Um, probably, I don't know. Shoot, man. I guess I'm talking to you. It only taken, what is it called? Uh, Z? We'll do it a different day. I, I don't feel like going okay. down that rabbit hole today, but the point is you just, you brought up that question. I, you know, why does somebody go down this path to begin with? And the people I've talked to recently that are using that other product, it was surprising. One person told me they used it. I'm like, really? I didn't even know that a bag mix. Then I talked to another person. Mm. Then somebody in the uh, open studio used it. I'm like, what? You know, because we, we went around and we're like, hey, you know, have you done concrete? What have you used? What products have you used? And somebody used that mix. And I was like, dude, and like in, in the course of a month, I've talked to three or four people that used it, a product that I didn't even know existed. And how do you even come to find that product? I don't know. But apparently, mm. like you said, it probably is because it's, available in like local retailers or something. That's how they came to find it. That's what, that would be my guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've said before there's, you know, there's all over. In fact, there was a question I answered on one of the forums. Someone asked this like very general question. This is what I want to do. What is the best products? And that is such a loaded question because what might be best to me? I mean, I, I know what I look for in a mix. I want it stupid dense. I want it, you know, I want, uh, a concrete that has its own resistances. I want something that doesn't require a plastic film sealer. I mean, I mean, these are my criteria to say it's best. 
Now, if we want to get into the strength thing, okay, but that's not really one of my criterias. Um, so, you know, what equates to best? And she couldn't really answer the question. In fact, she was in on, this person was in Ontario. So I, I recommended uh, Chuck Fournier to get some materials from, but sure enough, if you read the thread, sure enough, I mean, the, the answers were all over the board. <laughs> you know? They were all over the board on, on what best means, but nobody could equate what best means. They just kind of throw it out a bunch of different products out well, there. Kind it's, of idea. it's subjective. So, it's like uh, the last part of that question that we started this podcast with, that it's hard to mix. That's subjective. It's hard to mix. You know, what's yes. best? That's subjective. It's, it's different to uh, different people. But And you're the worst person to ask that to because you can't, just give a definitive answer. It's John. We're doing no. a class. John, can I put diesel in my concrete? I would just say no, no. <laughs> do not ever, for any reason, put diesel in your concrete. John would be like, well, mm, technically, you could. What are you trying to achieve? <laughs> you're going to need to do this and this and yeah. this and this and this. And this. You have to do that, and you know that would yeah. offset this. And, yeah. I'm just like John. Just say no. Just say no, buddy. Just say no. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I kind of create my own rabbit uh, holes. No oh, you question. just can't give like yeah. a hard, definitive yes, no, which I can. If somebody says, what's the best mix? Kodiak Pro. Kodiak Pro is the best mix. No, my typical response, even yesterday doing tech support, I called somebody on a question and I'm like, you know, the answer's a little more complicated <laughs> than that. Jeez, I'm going to start three-waying on these calls so I can just be like, nope, 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 we're not doing that. Nope. <laughs> That's true, though. It is very, very true. Well, that's probably why nobody wants to talk to me. I was was telling you, I talked to Dusty yesterday, and every time I call Dusty, it lasts for like three minutes. And Dusty's just like, all right, man, I got to go cast some concrete. Talk to you later. I'm like, okay, bye. And I hang up, and I talk to you, and I'm like, hey, give Dusty a call. And you're like, all right. You're like, yeah, you know, I'll do it in a little bit because every time I call him, like, we talk for a long time. I was like, what? Every time I talk to Dusty, we talk for three minutes. You're like, no, man, him and I like, we'll chew the fat for hours. I'm like, what are you, dude, I've never talked to Dusty for more than three minutes. Like every call, he's like, all right, man, well, I got a, I got some barbecue on the grill. I got to go. And I'm just like, you don't want to talk to me? Is that what it is? I think that's what it is. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of Dusty's, uh, you remember Hunter? Hunter yeah. Sane? He was just yeah. over there. Yeah. He, he, uh, he called me today. Uh, really excited. Have we got any dates yet for the... For doing something at Dusty's yet? No, because this whole me selling my house, my studio thing is muddy in the waters for oh, right. timeline. Now, that being said, we might try to do another class here before I move because I have a little bit of a part of the part of me selling this is I have a time frame to move in. So we might try to do a class here. We might try to do it at Dusty's. I don't know. We're just in the next few weeks, we'll have to sit down and figure it out. But hopefully we'll make some announcements here in the next week or two on something, whether it's the event they're going to do at Dusty's that's going to be, you know, just more of a fun event or it's going to be a training class or I don't know. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'd be cool to do something fun. Yeah. That's what he was talking about. So that's what Hunter is like, oh, we had such a great time. And they <laughs> went over his property and did this various stuff and it sounded pretty amazing. Oh, dude, Dusty. Okay. So, so just going to property thing for a second. So I was just looking where Dusty is, McEwen, Tennessee, at property. Dusty owns hundreds of acres. It's, it's in the hundreds. Yeah. Like 10 acre parcels are like a million bucks. It's insane how expensive. Now, Dusty got in at the right time. Dusty's very smart. He's a very, very smart guy. Extremely smart. Yes, he is. He bought that property right and he bought it at the right time because now, property in that area, 
uh, McEwen, Franklin, that whole area is just insanely expensive. So congratulations to Dusty for making another super, super smart financial real estate move because he's got a ton of land and he's in the right spot at the right time for sure. And it fits his lifestyle. So oh, yeah. that's yeah, incredible. That's perfect. Let's wrap this up. But let me let me do my little uh, commercial for our super fans out there that love that this is a Kodiak Pro commercial. You want to continue the conversation? Go to Facebook, like us on Facebook, then join the discussion group and ask your questions. We're happy to answer them. Some of those questions might make it onto the podcast. We can discuss them in further detail. So you can do that on Facebook. We have uh, a thing where if you leave us a review on Spotify or on Apple, send us a message and we'll drop some stickers in the mail to you. We have some really cool stickers. Concrete is hard. Never underestimate hydraulic pressure. Um, what's the other one? Uh, Concrete Gangster. So, you know, leave us a review and uh, send us your, your address and we're happy to send those to you. And then we do have a current promotion, which we've kind of referenced a couple times where it's upgrade your mix, upgrade your business, slash upgrade your life. But what this is, is... Uh, if you make a video, a short video, like a minute or so, describing why you made the switch to Kodiak Pro, what specifically is better about the mix, and how has it helped improve your business, send us that video, publish it on your own Facebook, on your own Instagram. We'll discount your next pallet of Maker Mix or Rad Mix by $250 for taking the time to do that. We do appreciate it. So that's a current promotion we have going on till June 1st of 2022. So that's, uh, that's the news. All right, man. Well, until next time. Right on. Good talking to you. All right, Brandon. Adios, buddy. Adios. Adios. Adios.